welcome to the Nourished and Free podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Yates, a registered dietitian, and this is where we talk all things intuitive eating, body image, and really just how to create a healthy relationship with food. This is a very special episode today, you guys. I'm so excited to be sharing it with you. This is my first episode having a guest, and I cannot think of a better guest to have than Elizabeth Sterling. I've been following Elizabeth for a while on Instagram, as you're going to hear. Her Instagram is at the whole point, and she spells point with an E because we're talking about point shoes, and we're talking about ballet and dance and how diet culture penetrates that world. And I'm so glad that we could connect and share our experiences of being in the dance world and having to fight body image and disordered eating habits um, and how that impacts our teaching today. Elizabeth is based out of Denver. She's an IACT certified hypnotist and peak performance coach. She helps clients through a variety of methods of hypnosis, NLP and EFT, Uh, create powerful changes. Lots of mindset work, which I absolutely love. She's a former professional dancer, and she now is a ballet coach, and I can't wait to share her with you. Let's get started. All right. I am so excited to be sitting here with Elizabeth. I've been following her on Instagram for ages. And so we were just talking before I started recording about how we feel like we already know each other. (laughs) Um, It's so nice to finally meet you. Thank you so much for coming and taking the time. I know it's not easy to carve out time for this. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much. I was really excited for this invite and I've been following you likewise for quite a while. So that's (laughs) It should just be a good catch-up chat with friends. I love it. Yeah, small business Mm -hmm. owners supporting each other. (laughs) (laughs) Elizabeth, tell me more about you. I know you have some kiddos. Tell me about, Mm -hmm. like, where do you even live? Like, give me me Elizabeth 101 here. (laughs) Yes, I'm in Denver, Colorado right now with my three girls, my three young girls. They are nine, six, and three, so I'm right in the thick of it. And uh, my husband's a firefighter, so that makes her a a very adventurous life with a a ballet slash hypnotist mom and a firefighter dad. We're just, it's a (laughs) giant party all the time. Gosh, your parents or your kids have the coolest parents ever. (laughs) You tell them that, yeah. (laughs) We have a good time. We have a good time. So you're kind of getting close to those teenage years. They're coming up. Oh my goodness. Yes. My oldest daughter who will be 10 soon is actually a a gymnast. This is her first year on team. And I feel like I've just started to get a little bit of a peek into like, oh my goodness, all of the things that are coming. All of the things. How does that make you feel that she is in gymnastics and maybe is she dancing too? Or is that well, like so it's funny, you know, when I first started having my children, I was like, I'm never letting my girls dance because <laughs> of the experience that I had. But mm. then it just it was like impossible to stop because I was teaching. So they were always at the studio and from a very young age, yeah, 
she was in class and she danced until COVID hit. And then when we went online, she was just like, I don't want to do this. I want to do gymnastics. Okay. <laughs> and, and I was all for it. But yeah. You know, it, it is, it's just an interesting experience having been through the process of being in a very intense body focused sport Mm-hmm. All of the things that go along with now being a mother of someone who is getting very intense and focused at a younger age than mm-hmm. I did because I started ballet at 14. So I started later and I didn't have that um, experience in my childhood. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's it's a lot. Because, I mean, gymnastics is also very body focused. They're in leotards, mm-hmm. like it's all so technical and you know, eating disorders are just as common, you know, essentially and gymnasts as dancers. So yeah, absolutely. Tell me more about like, you know, you kind of touched on your experience with ballet Mm -hmm. and in the dance world and everything. Give me like the flyover. Yeah. Not even flyover. Give me all the dirty details. Yeah, (laughs) right. Well, so I did have a unique experience with ballet because I started later, you know, and so because I started when I was 14, I came into it very blank slate. I, I just talked to so many dancers who start when they're really young and, and notice that there's a big difference having had the childhood that I had very free. Um, so I came into dance with no qualms about my body, right? I actually hadn't even gone through puberty yet. So I was kind of a tinier person and yeah. any issues I'd have with my body prior to starting ballet had actually been with it not being big enough or curvy enough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of um, had that experience. And then as I got more serious in ballet pretty quickly, I'd say I started when I was 14 and then I switched studios to a more serious studio at 16. And um, yeah, I got pretty serious. I started homeschooling so that I could train during the day and the evening. Mm. And then when I was about to turn 18, I moved, um, I was in Illinois at the time in a suburb. And right before I turned 18, I moved downtown Chicago to live with a teacher and kind of get really personalized mentoring. And, and through that process from about, yeah, 17 to when I got my first contract at 19 was when I started to get the comments about, um, yeah, diet and being smaller. So it was almost like a little bit of whiplash, right? From before ballet to being like, oh, you need to be curvier. You need to have womanly features. And then somewhere along the line, it switched. And I remember having that moment of being like, wait, what? My body needs to be smaller? Like there was like a moment (laughs) where my brain was like, that doesn't compute. I hadn't even thought of that, you know? Mm. And I think it was probably just because I hit puberty and moved out on my own. And I don't even really know, but I do remember the confusion of being like, oh shoot. Like I didn't realize there was an issue. Mm. How many people have been thinking this or been aware of this issue? And I didn't even know. Right. Isn't that the worst? Like you get one comment and then you're like, shoot is everybody thinking this like and then you just become this hyper aware self-critical like 
shell of a human being, you know? Exactly. Yes. yes. Yeah. How do you feel like those comments about your weight impacted the dance world for you and your love for dancing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like what you said. It's like, it kind of usurps so much of your energy and your time, right? It's like, I went very quickly down a slope of working on technique and performance to being hyper-focused on my body and how to make it smaller. Mm-hmm. And that really just, it just took so much time and energy away from not only training, but from enjoyment. And so it kind of, you know, I almost think back to it as like, what had been like color and active as kind of just kind of getting grayed out. Mm. Right. I think all of the energy just got like sucked from life Uh, into that one focus. That is such a good way to describe that. It's like, yeah, your world just becomes focused on being as thin as possible, manipulating your food. Mm -hmm. And then when you're focused on that, like nothing else is enjoyable. Yeah, <laughs> right? it takes the the life out of everything, every situation, because yeah. you take your body everywhere and eating and moving are just natural parts of life. So when you become so hyper-focused on it, it's like you can't escape it. It sucks all your creative energy. And that's a problem for dancers because yes. we need that energy. We need that creative energy and we need our strength. And if we're not eating, we don't get it. <laughs> Yes, it's so true. I I think back now, and especially like as a ballet teacher and a ballet coach, it's like (laughs) being a dancer requires so much physical energy and so much mental and emotional Mm -hmm. energy. Absolutely. And why in the world would there be encouragement for anything that takes away like even the tiniest iota of that energy to your life? Absolutely. Course. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm similar to you, Elizabeth. I started dancing when I was 11. So a little bit earlier than yeah. you, but it was still late compared to like the, yeah. the class I was joining, you know, the girls that I was dancing with, my peers were like, Oh yeah, I've been dancing since I was three. And I was right. like, yo, what up? Like this is my first <laughs> class and I'm 11. <laughs> Exactly. That was like, I, that might've been the worst time to join dance though, because that was when I was going through puberty and like, or just about to hit puberty, which is like even worse, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, and then you're in front of mirrors and you're being told Mm -hmm. like how to start caring about how your body looks and stuff. And then of course, diet comments trickle in with that. But I relate so much to what you're saying about like the world just becomes gray and you need that mental energy and that physical energy. Because I remember when I was more so like a junior and senior in high school, that was when I was super serious. Like I wanted to be the best ballerina in the studio. I didn't really want to go on professionally, but Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, just perfectionist about it. And that was Mm -hmm. when I started more so like probably in that eating disorder category. And I look back on that time and I'm like, man, I could have enjoyed that so much more if I wasn't hungry. (laughs) Right. I remember like my ankles were weak. Like you just got tired easy. And it was just like, man, I wonder what that would have been like if I Mm -hmm. was actually enjoying it as a creative Mm -hmm. process and putting all of my mental energy into that, you know? 
Did you feel that at all with like coming out of it? Yeah, it's so true. You know, I look back now as a mother and a business owner and a teacher, and it's like, I see that time period in my life, especially near the end of high school. I got my first professional contract at 19 and danced professionally for only about two years, really, because I just got so miserable. Mm -hmm. But I look back at that time as like, it's such a unique time of life where you can just focus on yourself Mm. where you can put all of this time and energy into that creative process, into that art form that you love. And it's, yeah, it's a special, unique time. And now I encourage students that are there to just enjoy it and not feel guilty or be thinking about what's coming later because there will be time for that later. Right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I look back and, you know, near the end of, well, I want to say I was in between contracts and uh, it was when my disordered eating was really bad and I was depressed, but I didn't know it. Mm -hmm. And it was just like that total gray zone where, you know, it wasn't like a sad feeling, but it was just like a nothing. Yeah. Like melancholy. uh, Right. It was just like Mm -hmm. all of the things that you normally love or that bring you joy or happiness are just like, eh. Yeah. No. And it was, uh, was actually my mom who noticed it and was able to help me put words to it. So mm. I think it's just so important. And I think that's what both of us strive to do for other people is to have people in your life that are able to encourage you yeah, to, to enjoy and to follow mm-hmm. things that bring you back to living. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I find myself as a teacher now, kind of like what you're saying, like saying things that I wouldn't necessarily in high school think that I would say as a teacher, like, are you having fun? Because I really actually care that you do. (laughs) Right. Right. Can you just like not be so focused on what you look like and just enjoy the moment and enjoy how it feels? Because if I could perform again, like if I could be you guys going on stage for recital, I would be living. (laughs) Right. Like want to squeeze them when they get in their heads, you know, because Mm -hmm. I was there and I know what that's like to, you know, take away from the enjoyment of the process because you're so hyper-focused on either the flaws or, and I know the girls that I teach get body image struggles as well, especially with social media. Now it's like impossible not to, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. How much do you feel like your experience impacts your teaching? Oh, a hundred percent. I would say that absolutely everything that I've done since leaving the dance world has been influenced by what I experienced when I was there. You know, when I first left, it took me a long time um, to, to get through that feeling of like being a failure. And I was young when I left professional world, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, 22, I think. Sure. And um And I went on to perform a few more times and choreograph and teach and stuff like that. But I carried like that identity of having failed Mm. basically almost through my entire twenties. But as I was doing that healing work, I was always coming back to the classroom with whatever I had discovered or whatever I was working on and teaching it to my students because I wanted them all to have more helpful, better experiences than what I had. And I think that's so important that you take your experiences and you 
use them to become what you needed as a kid, exactly. right? For those other mm-hmm. kids. And it, it almost makes, I mean, I don't know if you feel this way, but it, it makes like what you went through worth it because you're like, well, if I can have a positive impact on somebody because of what I went through, then I guess it was worth it, right? Like, especially Definitely. when you are exposed to so many kiddos and you influence mm-hmm. so many lives, like they really look up to their teachers, you know? And Thank it's you. like, yeah, kind of scary. Like you can say something <laughs> and they might remember it for the rest of their life. <laughs> oh, it's so true. I mean, yeah. kind of like being a mom, right? <laughs> like, yeah, true. Before I had my kids, I definitely had kind of a mom relationship with some of my students that I saw all week long and and I still have contact with them and it's so awesome to have that relationship and I agree like even in the experience that I had with all of its challenges I can look back on certain teachers that did speak life into me mm-hmm. and that did believe in me when I was down and they changed the game for me I mean Absolutely. it's so important and vice versa, the ones that were hurtful. Yeah. <laughs> those, those ones stick with you too. Yeah, they sure. do. <laughs> yeah. Almost well, more so. You kind of had the work to balance that out. Yeah. <laughs> well, not to throw salt in the wound, but what were some of the things that, that you heard as a dancer that you um, really found were unhelpful? Well, you know, the one thing, like, and I'm sure you've seen me talk about it on social media, is I'll continue to beat the drum. Of ballet teachers should not be giving specific diet advice or any diet advice, really. And that's why I'm so grateful that there's people like you who can come in and understand what it's like from a dancer's perspective. Because, you know, we all as dancers probably had those experiences. I know I did of like the summer intensive nutrition Mm -hmm. class. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Which was great and gave you information, but a lot of times it was kind of just like a box checking class that yeah. didn't have necessarily the follow through in the studio with the teachers or the connection that really helps the dancers feel like you get them. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a lot of the classes that I sat through kind of just felt very informational and very easy to be like, oh, well. Yeah, you can say that, but you don't know what it's like, right? right. Totally. Because teachers were telling, uh, I don't want to tell, even though I remember very specific advice, but mm-hmm. very disordered diet advice being like, this is what I did, or this is what you need to do. And yeah. it was playing out disordered eating. It was yeah. very, um, very damaging, right? And then of course, there's just the constant, body comments about um seeing your lunch or you know you need to go work off your yeah it's all about connecting um food as like the enemy or your body as the enemy Mm -hmm. and yeah I just feel like they missed out on so many opportunities to connect me and connect other dancers to their instrument, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's such a disconnect is like uh, so many of my experiences were were being taught to work against my instrument. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like when you start to look at that as compared to other art forms, you're like, what in the world? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I love that you, you use that language as well. Like your body in this case is the instrument of this art form. And if you're trying to fight it and you're trying to change it and work against it, then like 
you're only a fraction of the dancer that you could be, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I wonder, like you're talking about, you know, thinking back to how much you could have enjoyed it. I honestly look back and I wonder like how much better could I have even been physically? Right. You know, Mm -hmm. and like, I, it's funny. I was really struggling with um, my body and my eating and my weight when I left professional dancing and it really didn't take very long, maybe like a year and a half. Um, and my body like naturally went to a more healthy place that was just so easy to manage. Yes. And like now my body, I, you know, the relationship that I have with food and intuitive eating and intuitive movement, it's like, it's not a struggle at all. And there's so many times that I catch myself and be like, wow, if I could go back, I don't know if she would have believed that because it was such a struggle and it felt like it would always be a struggle, but it doesn't have to be that way. And it, and right. it can resolve quicker than you think, I guess yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. I thought the same thing too, when I started intuitive eating and intuitive movement like using exercises like a release more than a punishment you know and um i was just like blown away like i can't believe that life can be this easy (laughs) right it is it's like it's enjoyable i have the full spectrum of you know tastes and experiences Mm. and i look back on when um when I met my husband before we got married, I was still dancing professionally. And yeah, I just look back on different memories because we dated long distance. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I look back on different memories of, of how even in those special moments when we were together in person, my mind was still on what I was eating or how many calories this was in this or what kind of yeah. movement and what do I need to do? And it's like, yeah, it just it takes up so much brain space. Yeah. That when you finally get that back, you don't even know. It's impossible to know what's possible when you regain that brain space. Absolutely. So much is possible. So much is available once you have that. Absolutely. And what a blessing that you got that back before you had kids. <laughs> yes. <it's laughs> you so need true. that when you have kids. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And I remember I have a very specific memory. We lived on the third floor when I was. Um, having my first daughter of an apartment building and I was walking up like all the stairs because I had thought she was going to be a boy and then I found out later in the pregnancy that she was a girl and I was like I was walking up the stairs and I just was crying because I was like I was healing I had been healing but I was like do I know enough am I healed enough to have a daughter and Mm -hmm. to be able to pass this on and help her with this and um, now I have three daughters. Never, <laughs> ever would I have ever thought that. Ultimate test. Um, yeah, but it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful because they continue to teach me and just the experience of getting to, yeah, enjoy the childhood and, and the full range of emotions and <laughs> body acceptance that comes with having kids yeah. and being with kids all the time. It's like, yeah, it's amazing. I feel like with kids, there's such this, there's a period of time from like birth, obviously they can't express it for a while, but up until whatever, nine years old, 10 years old, that they're just like, 
this is my body. It's so cool. Like, look at yours. Yours is cool. <laughs> yes, I love it. It's so cute. And you're like, wow, I wish I felt that way about my body. And it's like, well, we, you can, you know, it's an act of choice to feel that way as well. you could stop thinking about food 24-7? Does it feel like your life is passing you by as you spend all your time focusing on the next diet, the next weight loss scheme, or the latest health trend? I developed my 16-week mastermind program specifically for the woman who's ready to reclaim her time, energy, and money that was all wasted as she pursued dead ends that were sold to her by diet culture. In this program, you will be with a group of like-minded women receiving coaching from me on a daily basis so that you can make memories instead of letting them pass you by. For more info and to apply, visit yatesnutrition.com slash mastermind. think about, I feel like I'm seeing this more, maybe just because my algorithm understands me a little better, but, um, (laughs) I feel like I see more about body positivity, moving into the dance world, you know, having Mm -hmm. larger bodied dancers who are also can be incredibly talented. Like I've seen Mm -hmm. some insane dancers that do not look like the classic prima ballerina. And it's like, wow, that's, I would have really loved to have seen that when I was in high school, you know, that would have been helpful, but what do you think about that and like do you feel like there's hope for the dance world in terms of body positivity or is it just like always going to be this way no yes I think there is so much hope and in fact I I see and experience more hope daily I do think you know the ballet world has a long way to go because Mm -hmm. it's been steeped in years and years and I still like in posts that I make or in response to emails that I send have people that agree with certain sentiments, but then they still have these qualifying statements. And and I, I think that all relates back to the fact that we're in process and you can see the change that's happening. And like I'm saying, you can see it daily. Um, So I'm really excited about what's happening. And I think that more um, independent groups and then more resources like you as a resource, all of the the information that is starting to help dancers connect to themselves as a whole being rather than just their performance, mm-hmm. the change is continual. And, you know, I think, I think it's going to be a bit to trickle down, <laughs> but like I, I always say, the more that we're empowering dancers on an individual level and having conversations like these person to person, student to teacher, student to student, teacher to teacher, Mm-hmm. All of those things are going to be the biggest catalyst for change. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially those younger generations, you know, because yeah. I, I feel like a lot of my students are like obsessed with dance and who knows, mm-hmm. they might be teachers someday. And um, yeah, again, it's like that scary reality of like, 
I remember how much I cared about my teachers and how much I valued them and the things that they thought and said and did. And now we're potentially laying the roots for the next generation of teachers. It's like a lot of pressure, but also (laughs) can be hopeful because, you know, if we're working on ourselves, then there's hope that that can be passed along, you know? Definitely. I think, I think so much more is passed along than we even realize. Like as I've trained as a hypnotist and a coach learning about the, how the subconscious and the unconscious works. There's so many bits of information that we're taking in all of the time that we're not even consciously aware that we're processing. Mm. So as we're doing our own personal healing, I think we don't even realize the positive impact that we're making. Right. Absolutely. Tell me more about, about what you do as a hypnotist and as a coach, like what is your What does your process look like? Yeah, you know, so in creating the whole point a while ago, it was, I don't know, it was a while ago. When I first created it, it was a place to be talking about all of the holistic practices that I was bringing into my classes. And so for a long time, I've been a big advocate of journaling and mental rehearsal, which is basically just visualization. affirmations, all that stuff. So when I found hypnosis at the end of 2020, I was like, oh yeah, this sounds like it'd be really good. And as I've trained and then started working with clients, it just, it makes so much sense. It's something that we're already participating in all the time because Mm. hypnosis is just any time that we are getting into like a flow state. Right. So dancing is kind of a form of hypnosis, right. meditation, all of the things where our conscious mind can kind of go off and play and our unconscious processes are coming forward. So yeah. it's such a powerful modality for change because our unconscious is what is in charge of the way that we are automatically thinking and acting like 90 to 95% of the time. Yeah. And so I've really loved working with dancers for it because, you know, as, as dancers, we are trained to be looking at ourselves even more critically than just um, if you weren't a dancer, which already people have a negativity bias. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As you get into dance, it's your job to be correcting yourself. Right. And so many dancers take that too far onto the other spectrum. And then they're carrying that critical voice, that critical narrative into everything. Mm-hmm. And so with hypnosis, we get to reprogram that. So what's more automatic is the encouragement, is the internal support, the internal compassion. That's vital if you yeah. don't want to burn out. Totally. Totally. That compassion is huge. That's something I've only learned in the last, I don't know, five years. Right. Yeah. It's like, again, like, wow, life is not as bad as I thought it was. Right. I I am. uh, Yeah. I am having the best time of my life in my thirties and, um, (laughs) but I'm excited for, for people to start getting a hold of this younger and younger. And I definitely have already been working with my daughter for her gymnastics. It's funny though, because she has the lens of like, you know, oh, okay, mom, 
Right. Yeah. It's like you can only say so much. Yeah. <laughs> but I if somebody that. else said it, she'd be like, oh my God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so true. She'd be all over it. Yes. And she is. She idolizes her coaches. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's the way of it. <laughs> so when you work with your clients, what kind of are they usually? Is this to help improve their dance, like to improve them in their practice? Or is it more so for like, I don't know, what's your focus with that? Yeah, it's funny because I really focus on the mindset aspect, mm-hmm. right? To help cl- clear limiting beliefs, uh, in- Love it. Anchor, anchor and establish that self-compassion and self-confidence and also teach them how to emotionally regulate how to get into the flow and get out of their head, um, how to how to go into those peak performance states. But so often for dancers, a lot of dancers aren't there yet where they see the benefit of that mindset training. And yeah. so they'll maybe come to me with a physical outcome, whether that's a performance or a technical. And we can start there. But every one of those goals, all of the physical goals always come back to a much deeper point so I'm excited I'm excited for um the the outcome that I see coming where more dancers see the benefit to mindset training and aren't as physically performance outcome based Mm -hmm. and while I wait for that I am more than happy happy to help you start there and figure out what's actually causing that (laughs) That's the kind of workshop that we should have had, not the nutrition workshop that didn't really help. <laughs> right. Well, and yeah, I think it's so important. Like as we look back to like the nutrition workshops, at least in my experience, the ones that I went to were very based on like facts for eating mm-hmm. and my own experience, as well as I know friends that were in the class with me would have benefited more from having somebody create a safe space where we could talk about what we were thinking, what we were eating and why. Right. Right. It's a huge, I mean, food is like, I always say food is a science. Sure. Like nutrition Mm -hmm. is a science, but it's a social science as well. Like there's reasons that we choose to eat what we eat. And that's, what's so important that we teach the youngins of the world is like Mm -hmm. the mindset piece and the thoughts and behaviors you have around food. Like that's, what's important. You know, you don't need to ask yourself, how many grams of carbs should I have a day? Like that's neither here nor there. If Mm -hmm. you don't have the right mindset with food, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've talked to a couple dance studios, like gone in and just done some like workshop style thing, but more so on like, Hey, let's talk about the real stuff. Like (laughs) let's talk about the risk for eating disorders and body image and all that. And like, it's so interesting because I, I open up that space in a different way than I know that I think they've had before, but mm-hmm. I still will get questions like at the end that are like, so what's a healthy snack to have before dance class? And I'm like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yes. It's so true. Yeah. That's the same of what I experience. People are like, okay, yeah, that's great. And how do I get my slits? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay wait a second what's yeah. the tip for a triple pirouette okay guys we missed it <laughs> it is so interesting and I feel like I it took me having business coaches funny enough mm-hmm. to realize how powerful 
your mindset is and things. And it's just bled into everything that I do. Mm -hmm. And I just wish that, you know, that had been, I don't know, maybe as a high schooler, I wouldn't have been able to grasp that very well. I don't know. My brain wasn't fully formed. Who knows? But (laughs) I think so. Like, I think the more that we're feeding it, the younger, like in the training that I've done, they say that majority of your subconscious is you know, program before the age of seven. So if you think about it, we're getting all of these messages all of the time that are kind of setting up our beliefs and the way that we see the world and the way that we see ourselves. And then it's like, (laughs) then we're doing all of this work to like deprogram ourselves or or reprogram ourselves. And so the younger we can get it to them, the better, I think. Yeah. I love that. That's what I always say to people about intuitive eating. I'm like, Mm -hmm you actually were born knowing how to do this, but you unlearned it. Like, (laughs) so we just have to relearn it. (laughs) Isn't that like the most frustrating dynamic though? Like Mm -hmm. I, as a mother, as I've learned about intuitive eating have been like, Oh, this is it. Like, but my husband hasn't done that research. Hasn't had that experience. And he's Mm -hmm. like, no, we have to say Mm -hmm. you have to eat your vegetables to get your dessert. Mm -hmm. No, I know I know that's the way that's the only way and it's like no it's not Mm -hmm. and I've seen it with my kids but it's like a constant challenge to combat the messages that have been there for so long absolutely yeah even just last night my husband was like and my daughter she's going to be two in June so she's a picky eater and picky eating it's like you just got to put it in front of her like a thousand times and then eventually she'll try it. Right. Right. (laughs) And she, uh, she was like squeezing cantaloupe, like making a mess. And he was like, no, don't play with your food. And I was like, no, let her play with her food. Like she needs to make a mess. It's part of the process. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm also like, yeah, it's, it's interesting being a parent because you catch yourself with that first line of thought. That's almost Mm -hmm. like reflex of what you were taught. And then it's like, wait, pivot. That's actually... (laughs) not what I want to do to my kids though. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And it requires so much trust because we Mm -hmm. haven't experienced it or been able to watch that outcome because these messages and ways of being have been there for so long. Mm -hmm. It requires a lot of trust, but um, yeah, I do think like the more that we empower kids to tune into their bodies and and have experiences that build that internal self-trust. Yeah. The more we're setting them up for the benefit in the long run. Absolutely. And the then more well invested it will be. <laughs> I was gonna say, hopefully they won't have to have the experience of of unlearning to be able to tune into what their body needs. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I've been meaning to ask you in your bio, I have the you mm. use NLP and EFT. Yeah. I don't know what these what are mean. Those? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so true. I've been realizing lately in a couple uh, discovery calls I've had, people are like, what, what is that? I just look out, right? Those are just letters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. NLP is neuro-linguistic programming. So awesome. it's basically learning how to use language to influence the way that you're thinking and behaving. Awesome. It's happening again, just like hypnosis all the time. 
marketing yes social media it's already happening to us so as we learn those patterns and we learn how to use them ourselves then we can take better control of our own programming and experience yep yep take the control um, back (laughs) yes exactly and then eft is emotional freedom technique so it's have you ever heard of tapping yeah Okay, good. Yeah, that's what that is. So okay, say, cool. I, I guess we're recording audio. Can't see me tapping my face. <laughs> <laughs> so tapping is, um, emotional freedom technique is a type of tapping where you're just tapping on those energy meridians, those acupuncture points. Okay. And um, again, it's just something, you know, where we're affecting the neurology, biology of our bodies for the yeah. beneficial. Very cool. I think you combine so many important things, like all kind of with the same intent of like, let's take care of the brain here. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Because like you're saying, it's like, even though most people that come to see us have these specific questions, like, tell me what to eat, Mm -hmm. tell me how to move, Mm -hmm. you know, the more that we can connect people back into the fact that we don't actually have the best answer for them they have the best answer for them because they need to connect back to that internal directional system, whether Mm -hmm. that's what they're going to eat, how they're going to sleep, how they're going to move. Like that's where it's at because you can't take you with them all day or me with them all day. So the more that we're connecting people back to learning how to connect to their bodies and their brains, but it does take unlearning, right? Like I was saying with um, hopefully our children will just be able to intuitively eat. When I first found intuitive eating, I it wasn't as simple as, oh, just listen to your body. Mm-mm. Because I had put in years of not listening to my body. Yeah. And in fact, ignoring my body's signals that I had to make adjustments and work with somebody who could help me you know, yeah. sometimes I had to eat when I didn't feel like eating. Right. Uh, and I had to rebuild that safety and trust in my body. And so I think yeah. sometimes it can be easy to hear. And even for me, like to say from the place I'm at now, well, like, just listen to your body. But I realize how frustrating that can be because I remember yeah. feeling no connection. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, that's what a lot of my clients, that's how they start out because they've silenced their cues for so long and just yeah. like, nope, my body is working against me. So I'm going to ignore every single signal that it gives me right. that they're like, I don't feel hunger anymore or I don't right. feel full until it's painful. I'm like, right. okay, we're starting there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we need to fix that. Right. Like, and yeah. it, it's fixable. Right. But it's, it's, fixable, it's scary yeah. in the beginning for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So give me a, uh, give me a little window into what you're working on lately and, and something that you're excited about to share with others that you want to promote. Yeah. So I'm, I am working to make hypnosis more mainstream and kind of demystify it. So many people, when I talk about hypnosis are like, oh, that's interesting, but scary. <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere. Blaze over. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I don't actually think I want to know what's going on in my subconscious. 
Or they're like, I don't want to give up control because it's mind control. So what I've really been working on lately is kind of educating on what hypnosis actually is, how much we're experiencing it daily anyways, and how we can use it, um, take control of it and benefit for ourselves. So I just created a free hypnosis audio. Okay. Anybody that signs up for my email list gets that. And then I am working right now to create a dance experience where there is a guided hypnosis and then we dance so that people can start to feel the benefits because hypnosis has immediate benefits, right? It's a lot like um, meditation. Mm. Even, Even if while you're doing it, you're like, I'm not sure this is working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you actually take the time, it's amazing how quickly you make changes in your brain that immediately transfers your body. Yeah. And so I want people to have that experience where even if they don't fully get it or believe it yet, yeah. they do it and then they dance so that they can be like, oh, well, that actually did make dancing easier or more pleasurable or whatever it may be. I love that. That's so smart. Give them like the taste that they can see the yeah. benefit right away. Yes. Yeah, I love it. That I, I am hoping to start working with more dancers one-on-one since I started my hypnosis business. I've been working with a lot of people who just find me through social media, but aren't necessarily dancers. Mm-hmm. And I think dancers are still in that mindset of like, of hustle and grind and the physical yeah. work. And so they haven't quite caught on to the immense benefit of mindset work yet. So trying to make that bridge right now <laughs> that's a tough bridge <laughs> yeah it's a, it, it is but like once yeah. once I get enough dancers to have this experience I'm working with a dancer later today I think you know dancers are very um what would the word be hardcore right mm-hmm. and so when people are like oh meditation relaxation hypnosis no I need to be harder core. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so right. It's a, it's a mindset shift, but um, yeah, I'm excited about it. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. So do, are you taking one-to-one clients? Is Yes. That is that my main focus okay. right now. Okay. I've um, yeah, that, that experience with the dance class I'm talking about, that'll be my next group thing. Um, but my main focus right now is just working one-on-one because I'm in, I'm enjoying it so much and yeah. it, it's, it's really rewarding. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking time to meet with me. I've yeah. absolutely loved getting to know you better. Um, I love what you're doing. I think it's so important and I love that there's people teachers like you out there that have a similar, you know, vision as what I do, which is just creating a dance world that is more inclusive and more intuitive and less, you know, got to grind it out type of mentality (laughs) (laughs) because we've been, you know, on the receiving end of that and it didn't lead Mm -hmm. us very pretty places. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you. I appreciate the messages that you spread. You know, it's important that you have that out on social media with all the crap out there. So, (laughs) (laughs) thank you I appreciate you too and I appreciate all of your posts it's so great to have that voice that reminder that's reminding you that you get 
to enjoy life. You get to enjoy food and it gets to be even better than you realized was possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just the taste of the beginning, right? Of enjoying the rest of your life. If you can let go of all those crazy rules and (laughs) standards that we set for ourselves. Well, my baby is awake, so I better go get her. (laughs) She's just on the other side of my closet. (laughs) So, so relatable. (laughs) For a long time, we had, uh, yeah, same situation. Yep. Yep. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. I appreciate your time and I hope to keep in touch and continue to watch you grow. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I appreciate you so much and I would love it if you would show your appreciation as well by leaving me a review. If you have a specific topic that you'd like me to cover in the future or a question that I can answer in a future episode, go ahead and send me an email at michelle at yatesnutrition.com with your request and I'll be sure to add it to my lineup. And if you're interested in working with me in any capacity, I would absolutely love to work with you. Take a peek at my website, yatesnutrition.com and poke around, see what I offer. You can also fill out a request form through that website and I will get back to you within 24 hours about next steps based on what I think is the best fit for you. Mm